Um, and welcome to the second episode of the Pro Painted Podcast. Uh, this is Matthew Lyons, see, in. Remember to actually uh, introduce myself this time. Um, and obviously, I am joined by my two ever so sexual hosts. Um, Ian, we've just mentioned there. Say hi. Hello. <laughs> you don't have to say hi. You can say whatever you want. It's fine. I'm not. Yeah. Not going to. Uh, I've been told that I kind of. Uh, I kind of took took control of you guys a little bit in the first one, but I felt like maybe. Fair enough. Leading, <laughs> leading the blind a little bit. Since neither of you wanted to do this intro. No. No. You're our fearless leader. No interest whatsoever. Okay, and obviously we've heard the the, the deep deep groans of uh, Mr. Mr. Will Ellis. <laughs> Afternoon. You're right, mate. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Getting a, I'm very good. A yeah. Tournament, tournament, post-tournament flu uh, after blackout all week, but I'm finally getting over it. So yeah, happy days. Did you say flu or flow? Flu. Flu. So kind of the same thing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell, I didn't realise you were unwell, so sorry. Sorry about that. Um, right. We are recording slightly later than we'd hope it is. Currently Sunday uh, in the afternoon. Um, uh, everyone can blame Sky for that because my internet connection has been absolute dog shit. Um, so it's not being fixed on Monday. So fingers crossed we'll get through this without too much of an issue. Um, but yeah, so here we are, episode two. Episode one went down really well. Um, I don't know if you guys, I hope you kind of got some of the feedback directly as well. Yeah, it did quite a lot at Blackout. People yeah. were saying very nice things about it. So, yeah, very, we, very pleased with the response. Brilliant. Yes. And that's that's what yeah. we wanted, you know. It's it's literally us just chatting hobby and people seem to be enjoying it, which is a good thing. Um, uh, Byron and I had a really good chat with, so Byron of Element Games and um, uh, Face Hammer Fame. Um had a really good chat with him about the podcast and he he, he, he gave us a very nice compliment which was um it was one of the first podcasts he's listened to where he'd love to be on it you know so that's yeah. good i guess that's a good thing it is, yeah um so we'll be setting up with them soon as well um it's kind of their little affiliate thing you've, you would have seen it through the other podcasts but um most through the blog posts if you want to support us you know you can basically click through the link and it will just give us a little kickback and what we'll do, we'll just use that to um, basically kind of do anything cool on the podcast, you know, dice and T-shirts and all that, that, those different kind of bits and bobs. I know Rob's very keen on the idea of T-shirts <laughs> with your crazy ideas, but we'll, we'll leave that for another day where maybe we're a bit more, uh, a bit more relevant. So uh, I know at the moment where you know this is all, we're, this is all quite new for us. Um, so you, the main focus of this episode is going to be talking about Blackout, which all three of us were at, which is amazing. I don't think we kind of planned that we were all going to be there, but we all ended up being yeah. there. Yeah, so. it just happened. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the other thing we're going to do is we got asked quite a lot through listener questions. A lot of people have asked a similar vein. Um, obviously, Paintbrush Care was a big one for the first episode. This one we're going to kind of talk about more army uh, concepts and ideas and how we we differently approach this i know rob for example is fucking insane with coming up with particular concepts so it'd be great to maybe get a little bit of guidance off him where he gets his ideas from yeah, and that, that'll be it and um what i will do as well this time is i'll make sure the blog post with the painted armies go up the same day that this episode goes out um i mean that the, the photos aren't amazing 
um, because I am just taking them on an iPhone at the moment. And maybe some t- some point down the route, maybe that's something will change. But um, it's a bit tough, really, when you're at an event and you're playing and it's lunchtime to kind of get around to take all the photos of the armies, put them up on Twitter so people can see, and make sure you're doing good quality photos as well. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, I, I think from, uh, you know, I, I, I finished my, well, some of my games quite early, as, <laughs> as, I, as I want to do. And uh, it's the same, it's the analogy that I, I was thinking of the other day when I, um, I used to sometimes ref uh, basketball games if I wasn't playing. And, right. I, and I was a terrible ref because I just used to sit there and watch the game um, <laughs> and then just like miss loads of calls and stuff like that. And then the, the game will stop and I'd have wondered why it stopped and everyone's looking at me ready for me to blow a whistle. And it was kind of the same with uh, with looking at all the different armies. It's quite hard to sort of take your you know your sort of fanboy glasses off or hat off and, and put your kind of subjective kind of you know I'm doing this for a podcast, taking photos because you want some good pictures for a blog. Um, you're just there looking at all the cool armies and you're sort of there looking at them for actually thinking fuck I haven't taken a photograph yet. Um, so yeah, apologies if. If, if there weren't the sort of the number that people are used to with other perhaps blogs and stuff like that but mm. we, we'll get there we'll get there in the end yeah definitely i think it's something we're all keen on doing uh, is making sure that these armies that are being put up are you know being being recorded really i suppose is is kind yeah. of the thing i mean we're not going to be doing it for events we're not at but i think if we're there screw it let's let's get the information online because we all know just being nominated a lot of the times is well, it's a big thing for yeah. it's an achievement yeah i mean i know chris yeah. we'll, we'll get into it but i know chris kind of he mentioned about how many he had in a shortlist initially but but we'll mention that um i didn't really want to do kind of what you're hobbying on at the moment because i can't really say much myself um although i've had a week off i haven't overly achieved a massive amount because i'm working on my super well my secret non-social media projects so few people know what i'm working on at the moment um but it's taking a current somewhat new newly released aos army and um completely changing the theme um and something i just said to the guys before we started recording is i said it's weird that gw are putting out these amazing models and you look at them and go god i just like to paint this and because i'm quite heavily converting a lot of them I'm just hacking them up into pieces and converting stuff, and it's just like, God, it just this. I'd have this army done by now if I was just painting the fucking models. Um, so sometimes these crazy ideas, you you kind of forget how much time you end up, end up putting into things. Um, first coming along, and um, hopefully I'll, once I start getting units finished, I'll start releasing it on the old social media front. Um, Rob, what was uh, what you've been up to? Anything grabbed your attention recently? I know you've been a bit of a fan of the uh, the new Stormcast uh, female woman. Is it Neve? Um, yeah, well, yeah, uh, yes. I um, had a few uh, things. The biggest thing I want to have a bit of. A, I, think, I looked at them when I was at Firestorm last weekend. Was the uh, the Vine kits? Yeah, yeah. They've just come out and. Just wanted to have just just say fuck you, Games Workshop, because I spent I spent ages sculpting the vines on my on my forest dragon wing, cutting off little leaves from the Durthu kit, and then rolling up little rolls of uh, green stuff and sculpting little thorns and stuff like that. And then, as you know, as as people know that I recently finished that army, and then they go and release a, a vine kit that would have made my life so much easier. And um, I guess. It probably adds to the, you know, to the, the cool factor that people know that I've I've done it, you know, by hand. 
Um, but yeah, it would have saved me a lot more time if I uh, had those to begin with. Um, the skull pack as well is quite cool. I guess any kind of self-respecting chaos and corn player will love that pack of skulls. They, they look pretty cool. Um, but yeah, just, just working away on the uh, on my dragon. I've, I've start, obviously finished converting it now. It's all uh, in its sub assemblies and it's all being painted up now. I'm trying to avoid doing. I'm going to try and do as, as little airbrushing on it as possible. Um, I've just laid down literally some base coats and with the airbrush on the body, and I think I'm going to leave it at that, uh, just so I can sort of up my up my normal sort of blending skills with it. Um, go for quite an ambitious scheme on on the on the rider on his armour, uh, which hopefully get a few pointers um, with Byron when we when we hook up with him at Facehammer in a couple of weekends' time. So. Yeah, just uh, all systems go. Just recently uh, got a few bits and bobs for my next sort of centerpiece um, that I'm going to be working on. So that's kind of actually started that this afternoon. So yeah, it's uh, all systems go at the moment. Excellent. And Ian, you said something about Rob and his centerpieces. Yeah, well, he's going to have like 6,000 points of centerpieces and no battle line. It's going to be quite amusing to see it all assembled <laughs> with. It's not going to look like an army. This is going to be all these fantastic conversions. Um, ah, sorry, yeah. three, unit, three units of 10 Chaos Marauders, isn't it? Just knock them up in a weekend. Shit yeah. speed painted. Flood, yeah, flood the table with massive dragons and all the rest of it. Yeah, so it's good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it all. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at my 50th birthday party <laughs> yeah at your funeral it would just be this unfinished project I can just imagine it's like may, maybe if we're still really friends get, by really then out like the fucking generation no. game no, no, just, you can just bury it maybe that's what we should what? do maybe we should make a pledge now Ian that if Rob if and when Rob does depart this world that will make a pledge. You know, you when, make, when, yeah. yeah, you know, you get like the you get the porn thing, don't you, where you agree with your mates that if you die, they go around your house and they just destroy or bin all your dodgy porn. You heard about that? <laughs> no. Right. Well, no. That's a thing. No. I think it was more it's of a, a thing, thing when computers weren't really relevant because you can hide your porn pretty well. Um, but yeah. anyway, there's some concepts. So maybe what we should do is say, if Rob dies, me and Ian will go into your hobby room and we will between us we'll split all your little projects between us just to finish them i'd quite like to um put all his unfinished projects in his coffin with him <laughs> so so you can just carry on in the afterlife in the afterlife yeah It'd be like a fucking like egyptian a, um, funeral exactly yeah oh, that's amazing like a fucking like a wanky gawking <laughs> i've got to be honest rob if that if you know if you do pass away before us that's fucking happening now <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I think I And there was something that you, funny enough, talking about the box set with Neve in it. Um, you had another idea as well, haven't you? Cause... Oh yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. Um, obviously, last uh, last episode sounds weird to say, but uh, the last time we were on, we were talking about um, my chaos army and uh, sort of going on from the whole centerpiece thing, having uh, these sort of characters. Um, sort of redone in a more AOS-y kind of vibe and brought up to date and we were obviously thinking you know what, what could we do for Nurgle um, and then as we asked GW should provide the answer uh, they released obviously that lovely Blight Wars uh, box set with that Horticulus model um, but I was thinking of, of like a almost 
kind of taking inspiration a little bit from uh, Ian's lovely Nurgle army um, with his war altar that he's done on the back of a on a big snail. What what series of miniatures was that from? I think it was. It's one of the Skibo, yeah. Skibo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but doing almost doing like a like a reimagined Festus uh, with two two of those snails pulling like a massive cauldron, almost like the um, like a big ogre character that was that used to pull the cauldron along. Yes. Yeah, so have the have, yeah, have, have the cauldron sort of be um, on a on a big bed of nurglings, and they're sort of getting squished and and stuff as it's getting pulled along a bit like a palaquin um of nurgle but have like a big festus on the back sort of there you know dropping loads of bits and bobs into his cauldron maybe or there's loads of sort of that, that's probably where i'd go with that so like a big kind of chariot thing but i, I think maybe count as a what are they called magath like a magath lord maybe or even yeah. glockin if it's big enough um but yeah sort of perhaps go along go along that line sort of make up a a big palaquin thing for him to sit on on the back of this cauldron as he's flinging bits into it and they're being pulled by these two sweet-looking mollusks. Sounds crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's going to happen. What you could do, talking about fulfilling battle line, is instead you could have, like, um, plague bearers carrying it and just have everything else but the plague bearers as non-game elements, and then you just take the plague bearers off and just use it as a unit of ten models, and everything else like floats above them, like a, like an AOS unit filler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like ignore <laughs> the rest, all the cool stuff on it. It's just ten plague bearers. Yeah, that'd be. They get some battle in there, mate. Quite cool. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, it's fucking. It's not gonna happen, but you know. No. Word. Okay, Ian. What, what have you? Uh, what have you been hobbying away at? Um, AOS related because I know you like your other wanky games. Uh, I've been AOS. I've been rebasing things, or as I like now, like now like to think of it as converting. So I've been converting <laughs> night goblins into moon clan grots by putting them on round bases. So, you ha- you um, have been doing a little bit of extra painting as well, though, haven't you? When doing, I've it. done. Yes, I've done one model for Face Hammer for the um, the single figure competition. So nice. that's the other thing I've been done, which is currently without, without, without spoiling what it is. Do you want to do you want to let the people into into the sort of the idea behind it? And I mean, that, that the, the idea behind it in itself won't give away the model that you've done. But what, yeah, what you actually I, did. I bought something a model on eBay which was listed as pro painted, <laughs> and I decided to repaint it to a to a good standard. Um, so I'm. I'm fairly confident to say that I doubt if anybody else at the event will have this model um, because it's quite old. Yeah. Um, but it's turned out okay. Cool. I tried a couple of new techniques on it, some um, OSL on the base, and um, yeah, it's been and it's quite painted to a different in a different way. Not army painting, more single right. figure painting. Yeah. Yeah. Which is no. quite nice. Nice change. That is very cool, and I love the fact, just just the listeners, a little pro tip here. Um, Ian bought the model, which was pro-painted, and he didn't strip it. He just literally painted straight over the top. That's right. Yeah. It was, yeah. By, by pro-painted, somebody had sprayed it white, then used three different colour washes on it. So it wasn't that bad. So. Sounds legit like to me. it for you. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's turned out okay. So I'm quite happy with it. Brilliant. So, um, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, nothing else apart from that, I don't think. Apart from that, thinking of ideas for next armies. That's the only thing, other thing I've been doing. Yeah. Have you guys, since coming back from Face Hammer, I know a couple of our guys in the club, and sorry, from coming back from Blackout, not Face Hammer, Face Hammer hasn't happened yet. Um, coming back from Blackout, um, there's been quite a hobby um, buzz, really. Um, I know we've got General's Handbooks, there's a lot happening, but have you guys found purely from the event that it's kind of given you a bit of energy to go on and, and do some more bits and bobs? For me, yes, definitely. It's a combination of. Um, General's Handbook, and um, coming back from South Coast like a couple of months ago now, mm-hmm. um, is burned out from doing that army. Yeah. So I've had the couple of months just you know, for what have a bit of a break from an army project, um, and coming back from blackout, I want to start a new army now, um, and I know what I want to do, um, which has been partially inspired by the General's Handbook. So it's a combination of the two has um, properly sort of energised me into getting back into the hobby and starting a new um, new time-consuming project. Awesome. I think we'll, be... we'll cover that more in, in kind of the next bit because we'll, as I said, we want to talk about army concepts and everything. Um, yeah. Rob, has the flu dampened your hobby spirits or have you kind of had a bit of a buzz from uh, from Blackout as well? Yeah, no, I... I um... I was uh, looking at how to, uh, there's a couple of figures that I wanted um, that I had since changing the general's ha- the new general's handbook. Obviously, um, Waywatchers aren't battle line anymore, mm. so um, the Waywatch conversions that I did using the tree revenants um, can't use them anymore as battle line. But uh, fucking GW was... stamping all over our dreams. Okay. I know, right? Yeah, and uh, I, I, I saw someone on Twitter put up. Um, like a couple of battle line war scrolls that thought I think it might have been even Dan Helen, and one of them was uh, the Free Guild Archers yes. uh, for the Free People's Army, um, and they're actually really good uh, for their price, and it can, well, especially compared to Dryads. Uh, so I thought, well, okay, well I could I could use them as them. Um, it means painting up another, or converting and painting up another four, mm-hmm. um, but I'm sure even with my uh, pace at painting, I could probably get that done in a, in a month. So. Um, yeah, I'll be I'll be doing them. And although I was full on the zinch um, going into blackout, uh, having a read through and seeing what the uh, Slanesh armies can do and some of the battle traits and all the bits and bobs, and actually coming away from blackout wanting shock horror, actually wanting to start taking it a bit more seriously from a competitive gaming standpoint. Um, actually looking at uh, looking at doing something with Slanesh because I've got obviously a zinch sort of stuff there that I could do up and use but it's a I don't think I'm good enough I think perhaps Zinch you need to be without going like full on Skyfire um, to use it with the summoning and all the tricksy stuff that Zinch can do I don't think that probably A might not suit my game gaming style and I don't think I'm good enough to pick up an army like that necessarily um, that's not to say that I wouldn't get it done for South Coast uh, but I think maybe between now and then, work on the Slanesh um, and, and do a Slanesh army. I mean, I've got quite a bit of Slanesh that's not fully finished, but uh, a lot of it that's to a half-decent tabletop standard that I did for the Ming Invitationals a couple of years ago um, that I could rebase and you know spend a bit of time on and get them to a really good level. So 
you know, there's half an army there done already. So I don't know. I mean, a bit of a, although it's, I'm really sort of hyped to get hobby done. I'm at a bit of a crossroads at the moment as to where they go with it. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to have to try and sort of make my mind up over the next couple of weeks. Maybe, uh, sort of seeing all the guys at face hammer and seeing, uh, I'm a little bit, I think that what's stopping me from going full on and painting this, uh, finish painting this dragon up is the, um, because obviously, like I said before, there's some uh, sort of quite ambitious techniques that I want to use. And, and maybe once I've sat down with uh, Byron and uh, gone through some of the sort of stuff that we were talking about at Blackout, um, and I'm going to take some bits and bobs up there with me and sit down with him on the Friday. Maybe that'll sort of give me a bit more confidence in just cracking on with the model. Um, so, yeah, that's it's all systems go. It's just Brilliant. deciding what, so got- what to do, really. <laughs> A lot to think about, but it's just really yes. cool ideas. I mean, Slanesh, it really does appeal now that they have got their own, you know, traits and abilities and everything. I think it, it's weird how it, it kind of just reaffirms uh, an awesome concept um, to, to, you know, it is a, you know, people were running Slanesh armies, but you, you suddenly give them their own unique flavor and people get a lot more interested in. And you've got to bear in mind, that's what, two pages worth of rules in the General's Handbook. And suddenly, you know, you, you're going to start seeing quite a few z- uh, Sorry, quite a few Slanesh armies. You see, fucking plenty of Zinch yeah. armies, but yeah, there'd be which, which is really, really good to see. And I know um, uh, uh, Binksy did really well with um, them at the event as well. So that's brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. One thing that is kind of a nice little segue, actually. One thing I wanted to mention is that we are um, again uh, sponsored by by Mercian Miniatures. So uh, please do feel free to go and check those guys out. Um, I'm going to be putting my blog post up shortly um, on my crawl that I painted earlier this year. Um, and uh, if you're interested, Rob, I do have one of their Keepers of Secrets. Uh, as do I. Um, oh, you've so got she's, she's, one. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, when fair they enough. Did, when, they, when they did the, um, the new Kickstarter around about the same time as uh, the Invitation, they, they redid her, I think, with like a, yes, an, an alternate same head. And, same one I've got. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's an awesome model, so I thought I'd offer it to you. She sat on my shelf, but you've just fucking shot me down. So thank you. <laughs> you can have ten demonettes instead if you want. Oh yeah, I will have ten demonettes. Cool. Definitely. Oh, sorry about ten demonettes. Anyway, we'll take a quick break there, um, unless there's anything else you guys wanted to, to mention, and then we'll crack into blackout and then start chatting about concepts and army ideals. And we are back. So um, the main focus of this show is going to be covering Blackout, all in capitals, um, run by none other than uh, Christopher Gary Tomlin uh, down, in, down in Cardiff. Um, obviously, Chris is a <laughs> great friend to all of us, local to me. Um, all his previous events have been run um, in Weymouth, which is my neck of the woods. But I don't quite know what the catalyst to it was, other than probably people saying, run an event in Cardiff, Cardiff is amazing. Um, so you can't not go, really. Um, it's Chris. It was, I think he ended up 83 players on the first day, which is pretty fucking good. Yeah, something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. It wasn't that many dropouts, I think, either. I think it was a few. I think he went down to 79 Nine. by good. day two. I don't know, quite know what happened there, but I think, yeah, I don't know. Uh, alcohol, I guess. Um, so it was down in Cardiff, down in the amazing Firestorm Games. Didn't which... stop me. Didn't stop you what? Back on day two. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, day one for me, not fucking day two. Um, 
So it's down at the Firestorm Games venue, which is it's such a good venue. I mean, the venue itself's great. The store there is brilliant, fully stocked. Um, and just look, you can't beat it for location. I mean, the Element Games site, you know, it's Northwest Games Center is really good as well. Have you both been there? No, I haven't. No. I oh, okay. Oh, cool. Oh, well, brilliant. Well, it's the first time there at Facehammer. But um, there's there's this kind of worse in a way because it makes you walk through the shop uh, when you go in. <laughs> Literally just like, and it's a massive fully stocked store as well. And you're like, oh my God, I just want to buy so many things. Um, but yeah, it's a fantastic venue. But unfortunately, Firestorm just beats it for location. And we, we were in the Travel Lodge, so literally just two minute walk to everything. Just fucking perfect. Um, so you guys didn't get there till the Saturday though, did you? No, we got there Saturday morning. Saturday morning. And this was the first event, or first big event in the UK using General's Handbook 2017, game-changing again. Um, so it's quite interesting to see what kind of armies people will have on show. I mean, it was a you know 2,000 point using five of the battle plans. Obviously, you don't want to go into the gaming side of things too much. Um, there are very little soft scores, which for Chris's events different. I, I agree with him. I love the idea of soft scores. Um, I'm all up for pure competitive events, but I think there's a place for ones with soft scores as well. So when we talk about soft scores, what we mean is you're getting points from best sports, from painting, coherency, people who get nominated and win painting awards, get additional points. So it's to kind of just embrace the overall hobby aspect. And I quite like that. I mean, what, what do you guys think? I mean, it goes in your favour, really, I guess, but... No, if you want to win a wooden spoon, it doesn't. It's probably, it's probably the, the only gaming trophy that I'm likely to get at any time soon. Um, so yeah, if uh, yeah, any t- you know, I, don't get me wrong, I I love to get nominated, and, and it's not a shout out to any tournament organisers to not nominate me because I you know want to get that wooden spoon so badly. But yeah, that's the only that's the only downside that I ever see is that. I'm out of the running for a wooden spoon. If uh, I'm pretty sure I would have won wooden spoon at uh, uh, Tommy B. If it weren't for uh, my painting nomination, I think right. I would have. Yeah, I think Jen got it, Tommy V. Um, so yeah. you're now Rob Ellis. I hate soft scores because it stops me getting the wooden spoon, Ellis. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Although you and you I tend to care. do pretty well, you just you just don't give them monkeys. Uh, yeah, just like the, if they, if the, if I'm going to an event and it's got soft got soft scores, then that's fine. If it hasn't, if I'm going, I don't not bothered either way. Right. Do you guys? Um, it's, an, it's, a, it's like a little bonus rather than something. I'm I can see why some about. people. I can see why some of the sort of more competitive players um, you know, don't perhaps like it because you know they they purely want to be right. You know, sort of have their results based on the what goes on on the table. Yeah. Like you know, I, I fully you know I fully get that. Do you know what I mean that's that's completely understandable? So I guess it's just a question of though you know if. Not to say that, you know, if you don't like it, then don't come type thing, but it's, you know, it's, 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 it's there in the pack, isn't it? Do you know? I'd, I'd say that, to be honest. If you don't like the soft scores, don't go. Don't, don't complain about them. Don't go on Twitter whinging about them, because it's great to have different variety packs. And, you know, personally, yeah. events do stuff differently. Um, th- that's my perspective on it anyway. I mean, yeah, I do. I tend, generally speaking, I tend to do well off soft scores, but I've done events where they've not been particularly soft score heavy and I've done well. So, you know, it's swings and roundabouts, really. I think there's, there's a thing about complaining about the way scores are done for stuff retroactively. It's a bit weird, but anyway. Um, so you guys didn't turn up until Saturday, so you missed the Friday night. 
um, we did. Which was just amazing. It was so good. Me and Jen got to the venue a little bit later, probably about 7 o'clock-ish. There was a good little crowd there. Um, I got on the drink straight away. A couple of generous souls bought me some drinks as well. Um, and we literally went to Metro's for it opening. We actually had to wait outside for five minutes before they opened the doors. And the Friday night was us just taking over Metro's, which I don't know if anyone, you know, if you're listening, if you don't know what Metro's is, um, surprisingly, it's in Cardiff. Um, it's a nightclub underground um, that is off one of the main streets. Um, so everything you kind of expect and sticky floors, dodgy furniture, two pint snake bites, as in not two pounds, as in two pints of snake bite you can buy at a time um kind of rock music um you know it's what you link in park and that kind of stuff but it was just i don't know what happened just it just came together as a really good night everyone was just chilled we took over metros it's basically just us in there dancing around by loons but the best thing about the entire night was um, was uh, russ feel so russ feel of face hammer was hammered which is great to see drunk russ but he was absolutely fuming with the DJ. He kept like asking the DJ for songs. It was like Slipknot and stuff. And the guy's like, nah, nah, I haven't got any of that. And Russ was going fucking mental. He's like, I'm going to fucking knock him out. I'm not happy with this guy. I don't know what's going on. Turns out, some of the more fruity members of the Doggers and um, the Black Sun were on the dance floor requesting shit songs. Just so they can dance around like knobbers. So what was happening is Russ was only happy when the DJ left the booth and the playlist was just on auto. So it was playing like generic rock music. But when he came back, he meant he was playing the playlist. So the guy's just knobbing about on the dance floor. And I didn't realize this to the day after. It was, oh, it was just phenomenal. Aaron got kicked out for throwing a chair at me within like an hour of us getting there. It wasn't really. It was fine. He didn't really throw. We kind of like slightly chucked it across the floor. Um, I was I was unharmed. Um, but yeah, it was great. Just everyone was on form. Aaron came back in later on. Uh, we were out till about two, three o'clock at night. Um, memory as well. Really weirdly, there was a really strict um, security guy in McDonald's. Where I don't know if you know in the Cardiff one, it's all it's takeaway only. Okay, just so you know, yeah. it's takeaway only. So Arnie was with us, got his food, come and stood with us. Um, we were waiting for hours, and one of the, the doormen just come over to him and went, "All right, mate, you need, need to leave now." And that's it. And he's like, well, why? Because it's takeaway only. It's not literally, I'm not going to eat here. And he goes, no, no, you've got your food. You have to leave. And they just told him to leave. As soon as he got his food in his hand, he had to leave. He couldn't wait for us. Just just mental. That I, I, lo- I love Dorman, who are just complete jobs worth. Um, so I was fucking hungover on the Saturday. Um, which is kind of the way it is with Cardiff. I like having a good, big, drinky Friday night. Um so really, can't really complain about that. So what? What did I seem particularly bad when you guys turned up on Saturday? No, not particularly. No, I, I think was... it was fairly. Yeah, just hung over. Fair enough, really. Yeah, I, yeah. Was, I was feeling, but there was there were a few of us hung over. I think like Liam and Pano were out till like half past four in the morning or something. Something ridiculous. Um, yeah, we did see. Um, we were driving in first thing in the morning, and we were driving sort of around the the side streets of Cardiff, having driven down from uh, Louise's parents' house, and then um, just saw like Sam Davies, Aaron, and Diesel coming out of some random post office slash sort of co-op store. Right. The people were a bit worse for wear, and just did a drive-by 
shouting at them, which is quite funny. <laughs> Diesel D- 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 not, not knowing who exactly it was and just sort of giving the big thumbs up. I know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, it was quite amusing. Aaron, um, I think I think they actually left Aaron in there because he got they just left him because apparently he did a forward roll into a display stand worth of like food and drink and stuff. He was still fucking hammered, and then tried to like he tried to cl- he liked to, he tried to climb up to to, a, to standing by climbing up the racking. So obviously all his stuff's fucking falling off all over the place, and they were just like we just left him. Just, we're not playing over there. It's fucking ridiculous. So he had a he had a really messy night. Um. What I wanted to say though about the event as well um, is, I think something I don't know if you guys agree. I think maybe Firestorm needs to up the terrain a bit. I, sometimes I don't quite understand what they're doing with the terrain on the tables. Yeah, it's kind of it's not quite enough for iOS. It feels like we're playing eight, but that makes sense. But it's multi-system, isn't it? So it's kind of weird. Yeah, the thing I find bizarre is that, like you say, the train that's there, um, which I think the train is a big part of the game and the aesthetics for me. If you stand and look around, they've got a lot of the awesome terrain, all the 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 not a lot, but some of the AOS stuff. They've got some custom built stuff. They've got like a just all on the shelves, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's just, and I find that really bizarre. Um, so it's something that I I, I meant to feed back. Um, because some of the games I was playing over like three bits of rock stuck on a base which I'm sure is fine for ninth, Kings of War and 8th but it, it doesn't really do anything in AOS unless it's you know it's giving you a particular buff like Damned or something so um, that's the uh, possibly to be honest the, the kind of like from the aesthetic side of things the only thing I can really think negatively about the actual games themselves and how they looked um, I don't know. Did you guys spend time at all between to look at all of the armies that were there? Pretty Not much, all. Yeah. Of them. No. Yeah. I found. I found, and I was surprised by this. So something Chris had done in the pack is that coherency wasn't a thing to encourage people to try out allies and use new uh, use new units. Um, and I really expected there to be a horrible mismatch of armies. And ironically, one of the worst ones there was the army that I lent Jen. Because it had three different basing types, and the models are painted in two different ways. Um, but I actually found that not to be an issue. Like hardly any of the armies I would consider to be not coherent. Yeah, it was. It was a, a very small minority. Like tiny. There was some. Yeah. yeah. But it's kind of. It's, I think people are, they just want to try out the new scenarios with the list they already got, rather than change their list. I maybe. I agree I with know. that to a certain aspect, but there's a lot, there was a lot of different armies there. Like Feck were back, Death, a lot of different Death players. There was a Darkling Coven's army. Um, you know, the, the Seraphon were back on the board. There were a lot of things that you just haven't seen for a while. It really did mix stuff yeah. up, which was brilliant to see. Um, you had uh, Ricky was running um, Skyborne Slayers, for example, with Stormcast, which I haven't seen for a while. One of the chaps I played again, he had the same. He had Skyborne Slayers as well. So. Yes, yeah, it, it's quite nice. It's kind of mixed it up. There's a few different armies there now. Um, yeah, I mean, yes. was there anything that you played that you really that kind of you really like the look of, or anything you saw outside of the people who got nominated? Uh, there's a couple of two of the different armies I played were interesting for different points of view. One right. was a um, Stormcast army, mm-hmm. which was um, my opponent Alex had done it with. He'd done a blue base court. And then he'd use the GW technical paints, the ones they meant for gems. That's the chap the, the the I played, yeah. 
And it's very, I don't think you'd be able to get a very high-end finish with it. But from a tabletop level, that kind of metallic-y, shiny sea green looked really good. I really liked that effect. It was. I was. Um, the, I was the same. I, I was surprised how well that worked. Yeah. So it's, I might have a little play and see if it's possible to do it. Um, I, I had a chat. I asked him how he did it, and he, he said it was quite quick and easy to do. Yeah. And he'd um, done it on different things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can the, you can get the Forge World tints, can't you, for like the like the uh, yeah. Alpha oh, Legion and the Thousand Suns and stuff. Yeah, which, I think it's a similar idea, but just yeah, done with a brush. So I think the only airbrush. I think the only issue I had with that, and I think I don't know if you saw the same, is that it's very hard to paint over. Yeah. So yeah. I know he had some areas of white, for example, and it wasn't it wasn't like a smooth coverage. So yeah, some it definitely it's, an, it's a really interesting idea. I was really glad when I saw it, but I think maybe you kind of screw yourself a bit doing the further layers. I don't, I'm not not sure. I might have to try it out myself. Yeah. The other army I played against, which was really nice, was um, Pete Allison's corn. Um, oh, okay. Which was all in, which was all infantry, yeah. um, and it was um, almost entirely infantry, I should say, mm. um, and it was just very clean, tidy. Um, he said he followed the Duncan videos, oh, okay. which sure. um, it was really, really solid painting. I think it, it, the only two things about it, which I don't think it'd be far off nomination level, right? Um, but I thought it didn't really have a centerpiece. No. And um, the basin was a bit. Um, Supp- it wasn't that interesting. It's very, right. it's very GW. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of standard grey with a couple of tufts, and it didn't really make what was on top of it pop. No. But that was good. Yeah, I really liked that. Good, cool. Um, Rob, anything in particular you played that really, really appealed? Yeah, I um. I played against Diesel first game. That was quite <laughs> funny. Um, just seeing him push his RK on forward. Um, that was quite nice. You paint, you, is, did you buy that off someone? That was like yes, it's well eBay Pro painted. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was going to pick him up for doing a decent <laughs> job on that. Um, but I, I actually painted, I painted, I actually played against two, uh, two of the nominated um, armies, uh, but also played uh, last round. I know he was using a mix of stuff because he was getting his head around how some of the new stuff worked in the new book but actually I, I played Terry Pike last game and yeah. it, was, it was really nice to see some of his stuff up close mm-hmm. so I never really I saw some of it at Partners in Chaos when he was uh, playing there with Russ and he had his bits nominated and I know since then pretty much he's been playing with borrowed armies I think Yeah. Um, I think at South Coast he was, he was borrowing an army had a bit of a mis- mishmash um, but it was actually nice to see some of his uh is, is well, I say older, but it's sort of more stuff that he's what he's more known for when he had been getting nominations in the past, you know, with the pink basing and stuff like that. I've never actually seen a lot of that up, for, up close. Yeah, and it's uh, it's really, really nice to see that. I know, obviously, because he, he was borrowing all different bits and bobs, that's why he didn't get nominated. And I'm sure he would have been nominated if he'd had brought his old sort of mixed chaos army. Definitely. Um, but yeah, it was, and, and like his, his basing is really nice and. Obviously, it's quite garish, but it, you know that's that's what makes it cool. Um, you know, and his blends are really nice, and his playground is really cool, and his sort of single figures are, are really nice as well. And it's, it's nice to actually sit and have a chat with him, and he, he was actually a really good sport and, and, and helped me through some of the games, some of the aspects, and give me some 
tips and stuff, but actually had a chat about you know what he's got planned going forward as far as what's some armies and not not from a gaming standpoint, but from a you know a modelling standpoint and conversion. So I know he likes a, a conversion or two. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's always gaming in the back of Terry's mind. Don't be lured into any. Uh... No, no, no. But he, you know, he, he does. He, he make you know. Obviously, he spends a lot of time on his armies, and you know, uh, some of his his conversions that he's done are amazing. So yeah, fair play to yeah. him. Yeah, I mean, Ter- Terry's army is a funny one because, like you say, um, when it when it's done, it's all together. It's it's a fantastic army. But I know that he's. Um, it kind of been like a move with the meta kind of army. So for the have been yeah. stages where things have been at unfinished stages, or he's borrowing an army or using something else, and it's a bit of a bit of a Ricky Me kind of thing, really, where he's been borrowing all these different armies, which is something that I I always find um, it just never appeals to me. I I, I consider it an extreme form of netlisting, um, just using something someone else has done. But um, yeah, and I mean, what Terry cranks out, it's it's really good. And actually, I just say we just don't see it enough. We don't see him at enough yeah. uh, events recently kind of with, with that full army out and i think that's probably and actually we'll hit on something that i wanted to ask you to and i think terry's is a good example of this where you want to use something that's going to be competitive um but painting and hobbying takes up such a massive amount of time that it's ha- so hard so hard to kind of keep up with what's happening on the, the gaming side of things so obviously that's i'm sure that's what's happened you know with terry and maybe he's just got a bit bored and he fancies something a bit different you know he's got i know he's got an amazing great and clean one done but you know m- maybe last year they were kind of usable nowadays they're not really particularly good you know that we, we've yeah. moved past past kind of pieces like that um when you guys are doing your hobby um do you even consider how good it's going to be on the table in games? No. <laughs> yeah, it's all about aesthetic. So, is, so is that literally um, all the even like all the synergies and things? It doesn't matter. You literally just it's what it looks like on the board. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If it's um, I I can't I get bored very quickly of what I'm painting. Right. So I'd rather do something that I want to paint rather than something that I know is good. So, so if you were using yeah. the Iron Jaws yeah. and say you wanted to expand them a bit beyond, say, a 2,000-point list, you wanted to add some extra units and things, yeah. would the experience you have with the army on the table in regards to the games, you know, winning uh, and kind of feeling like you're in the games and having tight games, would that encourage you to paint more or is that again just not a factor at all uh not particularly no um the if i was going to paint more the actual iron jaws themselves now what i'd probably end up painting is another three gore grunters mm-hmm. um because it opens up the options to do some of the beast claw raiders battalions okay yeah so beast it kind of it's yeah so it kind of it that's the reason why i would be doing it rather than to make what i've got already better right Interesting. So it opens up different um, hobby and possibilities um, based on the, some of the models I've already got. So, no, I don't really consider it. No, not at all. Okay, fair enough. Not at all. Well, I, I know from, I mean, if, if I mentioned kind of my approach to it is I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the middle. I'm a little bit like Terry, to be honest, where I want to use stuff that's cool, you know, and, you know, I, I, sometimes I do elaborate conversions and, you know, go, go balls out on colour schemes, but sometimes just the performance on the table just completely put off me using them like 
I love using you know Scar Brands. You know he's one of my favorite models I've painted. I love using him. Um, uh, Kroll from Mercia, which I use as um, Scarac. Again, oh, I love the model. It took so long to paint, but so happy with it. But both of them at the moment, they're just they're not unplayable. But Scarac in particular, 500 points, is such a massive investment that doesn't do an awful lot. And Scar Brands just amazing, but in the current kind of games you play, it just gets shot off. So I I know from my perspective that it actually does. It almost the gaming does kind of hamper what I want to be painting and modelling. Yeah. Um, Rob, you've kind of I, I feel as though before we recorded this episode, you'd probably be in the same vein as Ian, but by the sounds of it, with a couple, did you get two wins at Blackout? Uh, no. Two two draws, one minor loss, and two major losses. Okay. So no. Fair <laughs> oh, oh, um, one win and two draws. It's, it's kind of, so. Yeah, we'll, we'll, explain we'll kind of what's happening with you. I mean, we'll talk to your earlier question. Like, I, if I'm, and I think it probably goes back to my earlier days playing 40k. Uh, a lot of the, especially when I got back into the hobby, around about it was 40k fifth edition, and at the time, it was very much uh, with the armies were built around like one specific combo. Like, yeah. And I guess you could say the same at some AOS armies now, but there'd be a certain couple of units in there that would synergize. And if the combo worked, you'd smash your opponent or you'd have, you know, you'd be in the game. If it didn't, then you wouldn't. And it was, it was pretty clear cut. And that's kind of why 40k became the game, game it did before they sort of rejigged it recently. Um, and I kind of, you know, with the, with the, mix order lists I've got, you know, there is that combo with the, the unit of sides and the and the forest dragon and and the prime. And if that comes, you know, if that if that comes off, you know, it 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 will smash people up. Do you know what I mean? And and it's then down to a bit more positional play into in depending on whether you win the scenario or not. But that that combo I know it's quite an expensive combo now, especially with the hunters going up in price. But when it was when I first wrote it it's cheaper than most main big characters because the forest dragon was so cheap and it will take Arcaeon off. Do you know what I mean? It is, it's a decent combo. So like, and it's almost like, um, like if it, if it, if I put it off in a game, then it's like a nice story to tell and I'll remember the game and I'll have a laugh. If I don't put it off, then it didn't come off. Do you know what I mean? And like when I played, not to talk too much about actual gaming, but when I, when I played Diesel, I did put it into Arcaeon and I almost took him off. And, you know, a Destiny diced powered Archeon, especially with diesel rolling, is, um, <laughs> is, is, a, is a sight to behold. Um, and, you know, I, I, and, and that would have been a great story to tell. Do you know what I mean? And I, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of all about that in games. You know, just push it forward, see what happens. If I win, I win. You know, like I said, you know, I'm not too heavy into the statistical side of stuff, as I keep on used to say to Ian. You know, everything's 50 50. You either, you either make the roll or you don't. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that's how kind of how I approach games. So if I've got a call, you know, may, maybe it mean you know painting twelve Kernoth hunters almost killed me. <laughs> um, but they 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 were nice fit. You know, I didn't. There was not an ounce of dry brushing on them. Do you know what I mean? They're all edge highlighted and layered and blended and all the rest of it. So you know that did take a bit of time. But they were cool models to paint, I guess, and you know especially with some of them being converted up and that. So it's a bit of a balance, really. And like I said, I think. I'm leaning more towards. I, th- I think I was perhaps trying to have an army that have one army that 
like a long-term project maybe and then have an army that is perhaps more speed painted and that's a bit more competitive okay. but then I, I, I was thinking about it over the last week and I just don't have the t- you know I don't have the time to, to, to do both so I'm just going to carry on making cool conversions and taking ages to finish an army and take it to events and hopefully they catch people's eye with the with the cool models and I, I, I don't have time to be competitive and to do the other hobby stuff that I like doing if that yeah. makes sense because it would mean, mean playing practice games it would mean you know all that kind of stuff and you know the thing I enjoy most about the hobby is the you know the painting and the converting so it's just about time more than anything yeah time time is definitely the uh, the precious commodity and um, it's something I'm generally speaking I, I'm lucky with so it kind of allows me to get that balance but no it's 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 interesting for me to listen to kind of how your 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 perception is changing and how Ian just doesn't give a fuck about how well or not he does which is another yeah. one of your one of your little your little intricacies there Ian quirks. one of your quirks yeah. Um, so let's crack on then to the the big thing about Blackout, which is the only reason we're there. We don't care about gaming. All we want to do is look at some sexy armies. Um, so there were quite a few nominations. I mean, 80, 83 players, I think it was. Um, I think Chris said he had a shortlist of 20, 24. So yeah, goes to show some really nice armies there. Um, I think in the end there were 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 up for nominations. Um, and what we'll do, we'll just kind of quickly cover them, kind of mention something that you really like about the army, and then we'll move on because 14 is quite a lot. Um, so, first up, one of my personal favourites at the moment because of his unusual colour scheme is Mark Wildman uh, with his yellow and his black and his mottled, his kind of mottled scheme. What do you guys think of this? I love this. Yeah, totally. I love Mark. Yeah, totally my cup of tea. Um, the only thing I didn't like, which is very personal, I didn't like the Chaos Dragon. Right. Because uh, I just don't like that model. Okay. Yeah. It's um, so a bit it's of very. Taste. Yes, so it's a very personal, but the oh, it's done so well and it's so striking. Hmm. Um, and I can appreciate how long it takes to do all of that modelling. So yeah, love it. Brilliant. <laughs> Rob, anything you want to add? Yes. Yeah, exactly the same. Well, I think. Um, Right, thinking that he didn't have his demon prints done at the south coast. I think that was something that was new to yeah. it as well, um, yeah, and that was right. you know done just as nicely and with the mottling over the wings and the membranes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, as I said in the last episode, that you know one of the sort of technically best painted armies that I've probably ever seen, and I've seen a few. So yeah, it's a very nice army indeed. Yeah, I think it's quite original with with the colour scheme using nylon oxide like that um, and kind of the black fading and the spots. There's not just one thing's gone into this, quite a few ideas. But yeah, definitely top yeah. army. And I think one that consistently will get, you know, get get my vote at a lot of events. Um, next up was, and I'm sure Ian will really like this army. This ticks all your boxes, which is um, uh, Stephen Smith's um, Stormcasts. Um, yeah. So very box art. You know, they yes. are... 
paintings in the Stormcast colours. Um, we spec gold. Um, very striking, though. Very well painted. Very clean. Um, the white pinions on a lot of the prosecutors have got really, really striking. So uh, I also played um, Stephen uh, round one at Heat 2 on the stream. So it was a good good matchup for my, my corn and his Stormcast and a bit of a poster boy uh, AOS game really um what about you guys anything kind of stood out in this army i don't know if you managed to get a good look at all of them um i really like it um i think it's shock it horror. is it i know <laughs> it's as you say it's very in the gw style yeah but it's you can tell the time's been spent on the the white yeah definitely. more than anything because the white's done so well um it's obviously had a lot of um love and mm. Um, attention being spent on it. Maybe um, me and Rob will get you get you two t-shirts that are just hashtag box art wankers. Yeah, yeah. possibly. Yeah. Um, I played I, I played in game three, uh, day one. Um, so I got to see oh, it, nice. Uh, got to see it up close and personal, and yeah, it's like, as, as you both said, it's you know just yeah, great. I mean, it can pulled straight off the uh, starter set box art, isn't it? Basically, I. I'm gonna one uh, only one slight criticism, and that's with the the white and the silver where he's highlighted it or glazed it with the blue or washed it with the blue. Mm-hmm. The, the, it's too blue. Yeah. In the you know, to it, I just think there was that. I think if that was you know sort of slightly, slightly. Pu- pulled back just slightly. Yeah. Uh, that was my only you know that and then that's. You know, that's that's saying like a Ferrari is too blue. Do you know what I mean? It's still a Ferrari at the end of the day. And, yeah. and his army, his army's you know, it's by no means a, a criticism. It'd just be if, if I could tweak something on there, they'd just be. And then and that's maybe where I go wrong is my contrast on a lot of my stuff isn't high enough. And, and you know, you perhaps need that in that environment. You know, if it's sat in a cabinet somewhere, then yeah, have it toned down a little bit because you've got the good lighting and stuff. And perhaps that's what made it pop in the first place was having that higher contrast. So. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, that'd be the only, for my personal taste, that'd be the only thing that I would have perhaps done differently. Cool. Brilliant. Yeah, I think we're all painters, you know, little bits of feedback like that are always uh, always taken well. I don't know anyone who doesn't. Um, next up was Paul Whitehead. He had the, um, the Beast Corps Raider Army. Um, I think he had three or four, I think it was four Stonehorns, something crazy. I thought... Were they the ones that were repositioned, was it? Yeah, yeah some of them were repositioned, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. they were cool. <laughs> I thought it was, re- it was it's a really nice army, a lot of warm colours in it, I think it's what I said on Twitter, which which I liked. Um, it felt kind of a little bit old-schooly, like with with the yeah. with the basing and everything, really nicely painted. Um, no no doubt about it. But, um, but it's weird with an army like that as well. Sometimes it doesn't stand out enough because it is just some big models. It doesn't kind of appeal to the, the aesthetic of an army to me that makes sense yeah i know what you mean the it was quite nice to look at it and try to work yeah. out the conversion work mm-hmm. because he's made all the stone horns look Different. relatively dissimilar based yeah. on a very sim on a one pose kit um so I've, I've converted the stone horns in the past so i know you know roughly what the kit's like yeah so I was very impressed with the um, just making all the poses look natural, mm-hmm. derived from a kit that's literally only got one option yeah. on the pose. Yeah, I think, really I, think, done. 
again to uh, and it was, it was some of the feedback that I had with my my army when I first sort of unveiled it as it were sounds a bit pretentious to say that word but when people first saw it <laughs> some of the feedback that I I had initially was just because of the nature of the army that you're going to have a lot of color schemes a lot of colors in there that are very close to each other yes so it doesn't it doesn't pop and you can't you know and it's almost like if you were to and that's why it's really tricky to, to paint some of these models and, and get them looking right and it's a big skill in itself is to find those color schemes where the contrast does make it pop but without painting them in weird colors do you know what I mean it's, it's like having that natural color scheme and, and which is why i think they've done well you know, which is probably why they, you know, it's probably one of the reasons why the theme of the new uh, Beast Call Raiders is what it is. Because I mean, listening to Aiden on the on the stream and you know how they work, they work a lot on the back. They like GW, they just make cool figures, don't they? And then they yeah. come up with a fluff based that. on that figure. Um, and it's probably why they came up with the ice kind of background, maybe, so that they could paint them like the skin paler to the match up with the darker furs and stuff so you did have that contrast if they do you know I mean the original ones where the skin tones were brown and then you had the brown fur yeah. like this guy's done and he's obviously done it very very well but then you know it doesn't have that pop and it's the same with the silverlith you know a lot of the silverlith paint schemes that really really pop is where you know the bark's either really really light like um m durant's army or really really dark like les's and then you have the spot color that's the other way around whereas with mine like you know you know some of the parts on it are quite close to each other which is some of the feedback that i had on mine so maybe that's a sort of similar thing that not suffers from but has in common I don't know if that's right or... No, I agree with those points, and I think it's an interesting point about the, the colour schemes that were done with GW. I think there's a, an element of making things more uh, cleaner, uh, limit, more of a limited palette, um, kind of makes it feel a bit more modern. I think that's maybe what they've done in, in, in kind of that regard. Um, uh, next up we had, and this is one of my personal favourite armies, purely from the painting perspective, and it has a lot of conversions in there as well, which is Byron. Um, so again, Byron, second shout out on the podcast. Um, it's just, you just look at the army and I can't imagine the time that goes into that blending. And it is just something that I'm I'm not capable of doing. I know I would have to spend a lot of time learning the techniques to produce something like that. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. It's, the, it's the kind of technique which has been built up over years. Yes. So it's some, I... I couldn't paint in that style. No, I just, it just, I'd have to learn how to do it, and it would take hours and hours. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really good. I was chatting to Byron about the um, the dragon. Was he chatting to you about the scales? Now. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, he enjoys was. chatting to lots of people about the scales. It's quite an interesting. I'm not sure whether it's something I've never thought about before. He's saying that the a lot of his tech, the major, vast majority of his army is plastic, and because yeah. it's a different um, material and a different style of sculpting, it's made it more difficult to paint. Mm-hmm. So it's um, yeah it's something I've never thought about before. No, it's quite interesting. It's quite a interesting thing to actually consider because I haven't noticed that before with my painting anyway. Well, peculiarity of 
Bayouin style, possibly. Yeah, definitely. I think it's um, yeah, it's, it, it, yeah. I suppose an element can be the way in which he's painted it. He's he kind of is limited in the techniques that he is using because they are coherent across the army. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, again with the free, some of the freehand he's done, it's so it's so so clean and it's yeah, way outside how I can paint. Yeah. Anything you want to add, Rob, or should we crack on to the next one? I, I mean, obviously, I, I, I think the army you know, it's been it's pretty much been in the scene. It was it, it was uh, the first sort of uh, army that I I think it was the first army that I saw in the flesh as I walked into the hall when I went to the first blackout he'd had it there um, and it's sort of it's always one of those things it's like it's evolved pretty much I think it's been at pretty much every tournament that I've ever been at um, and uh, you know it's evolved along the way and he's added bits to it and stuff and it's yeah it's just one of those armies it's um, I don't think it's going to sound really weird but I don't think the, the UK scene wouldn't be the same without that army in it <laughs> Does yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's like, yeah. A, yeah, like, um, like a, almost like a yardstick for people to aspire to in a way. It's very inspirational. You know, there's a lot of lot of different techniques and you know, very underrated. Um, although you know, very, uh, I think very it's, underrated converter as well. You know. Yeah, I, I think it's um, I think Byron's army and maybe something that doesn't do him as good stead in the painting nominations when it's player voted is that it's a painter's army. I think whether yeah. painters see it, um, and I, I don't mean to, you know, be making disparaging comments on people that I, w- you know, wouldn't consider painters, but you know, army painters, people who want to get stuff painted and on the board, I think maybe they don't appreciate it quite as much as people who kind of understand the, the techniques a bit more and have tried or implemented them to lesser degrees. So I think the sword that Byron is, is yeah, it's just such a brilliant army. Um, next up was Russ's. Which um, it, Russ is a bit. Of, it's a bit of a weird one, really. It's great to see Russ with a different army on the board. Um, obviously, it's an ethereal army, so a lot of glazes, airbrushes, uh, and blends on that, which we know he's churned out pretty quickly because we saw it up on Twitter. Let's be honest, it's not, you know, because you are only really painting one one area, one color. It's something that shouldn't take you a massive amount of time. Um, obviously, you can go mental with the blends, but he's done a really good job, really clean, really smooth. Um, and it hasn't just gone for uh, a nylon oxide kind of wash and a couple of highlights that that tends to be pretty common. Um, and then he's got some rebased uh, models from his older army, which still, you know, when you say older army, Blood Knights still look brilliant. Um, Basing is the only thing that kind of I I felt was a little bit, little bit rushed. It just did just look like cork. It looked like a maybe an inferior version of Lezzers bases. Um, maybe that's just a speed thing. No, if you guys have got anything to add on Russes? Yeah, possibly is. It's one of these things. It it looked a bit like what would traditionally be called a concept army because everything's done. It's all ghosts. Yes. But it wasn't a concept army because that's what they are. Like. They are ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of it's. But it's really good. The Blood Knights I was especially impressed with. Mm. Some of the, the free hand on the banner was very good. Again, like yeah. I say, frustrating. That's his old stuff <laughs> yeah so it's just sat on a shelf on square basis no doubt um then we had john green um really i think that he, actually john's army must have been just the most striking there um yeah. so sylvaneth army black really like but almost bioluminescent kind of green it's really nice um i spoke to him a bit about it as well i think um there's a little bit of dry brushing where 
it it didn't really help with the smoothness uh, of the models and i think just kind of a couple of glazes a couple of highlights towards the the edges of branches and stuff and the centerpiece and that army will just be absolutely fantastic but definitely definitely worthy being up there for uh, painting gnomes yeah it's quite um unusual to see a sylvaneth army that rather than gone the natural colors has gone almost the most unnatural color you could think of definitely so the very um bilious green like the very bright green worked really well as a contrast i liked it yeah it's um the sort of that that kind of color scheme with the with neon green um outside of warhammer is quite a, a popular like it's quite a good it's striking right. she's using a lot of marketing and a lot of clothing and stuff that color combo and it it, it look, I, I love it i, yeah. I think I, I think the color combo is yeah i'm I'm con- I, I have been contemplating them, and it was something that I'd been thinking about when I was doing all the cups, started doing about a year and a half ago. It's a similar sort of scheme that I want to do my towel, so I have it yeah. like an urban urban kind of colour scheme with the greys and the, the dark blacks and the dark blacks, but like the blacks and the greys, and then have like the like a neon sort of effect for the weapons and stuff like that. Uh, I think that would work really, really well. But yeah, I really liked it. He's a sound guy as well. I got most to chat to him. Yeah, a bit. first um, first event as well. Yeah, yeah, really sound guy. He, um, off, uh, asking a few sort of conversion tips here and there, and he's working on a. He, funnily enough, you say about centerpiece, he's actually working on a on a on a dragon mm-hmm. uh, for it. Uh, so yeah, so I look forward to seeing that progress and look forward to seeing him at another event with his army. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, <laughs> Next up, we have uh, John Warmington, um, who is just God, he's so fucking annoying. Like the speed in which he churns armies out. I know he's a teacher, so I know he kind of has its ebbs and flows. But yeah, I mean that Silver F army, he churned that out pretty damn quickly. I think he painted a Lariel in a couple of days. Um, I'm not a big fan of the gloss look. Um, a Lariel, I find a really weird model. I, I've very, I haven't seen many where I've thought they've been well painted. Um, I think the big flat areas, um, people tend to wash and things. You need a super, super solid flat base coat. Um, and people do resort to kind of some, some, some kind of tricks to kind of get around the areas. But again, it's really just such a nice army. Um, some really good ideas in there as well. Um, yeah, John, it's just, he just cranks these armies out. It's just ridiculous. Um, I'm the opposite of you. I really like the gloss look. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought it worked really well for the beetle. Yeah. Um, it's potentially could spend more time on the Alariel herself. See, I thought Alariel um, was okay. I thought Alariel was 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 fine. I just thought the biggest was just a bit. It was really good, but the it's all. I think it's just just a little bit more. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Um, but I really liked the Beatles stuff. I thought was spot on. I really liked that kind of glossy um, blend look because I think it just suited the model. And it's funny, like these armies, isn't it? Because we end up, you know, you st- stick someone like a Lariel in, and you just end up talking about a Lariel. Yeah. That's just that's yeah. the definition. All of, of uh, all of his other stuff. I mean, he got nominated at Tommy B as well. Yeah, gotcha. I don't and, think um, I don't know, think he's he... been to an event he's not been nominated at with with any form of no. army he's got. <laughs> Uh, you know, I really liked Lario. I, I think uh, anyone that sort of tackles that kind of miniature and has it looking good 
it's, it's commendable, isn't it? Because it's an easy, those sort of big centre pieces are quite easy to pack up as well. Yeah. And the fact that he's, you know, he's done a really good job on it speaks volumes. Definitely. Um, next up is Sam, uh, well known as Bottle. Um, he's got his mixed order army. Um, he ran the skirmish on the Friday night as well, which I'm actually disappointed I didn't take part in. But my plan was just to get drunk, so that's fine. Obviously, you guys weren't there for that anyway. Um, but yeah, his army is just seeing Empire models, um, you know, current plastics and everything painted up to the standard that he has. Is you just don't see it. Let's be honest. You know, basic infantry and stuff painted to such a character standard it's, it looks really good I, I find the army overall i think the caradron the three um balloon dudes has got f- just fantastic i mean the weathering on the armor is on par with what i'd say your iron jaws are in um yeah. i really like the use of colors kind of that gray kind of karanak stone kind of color brilliant brilliant choice um the only thing i think is just as a, as an overall army I, it doesn't appeal. I feel like it is just a mismatch of different units and troops, and that's purely a visual taking on board everything that you're looking at. I think individually everything's really well painted. Um, there's a lot of different colours there. I don't know what you, yeah. you guys kind of thought about the army overall. It, you could tell there's it's a progression over the period of probably a couple of years, um, whereas techniques improved um, because yeah. the the Compare the um, the Quadron to some of the Empire men, and there's quite a obviously they've been done at quite a different time. Yes, um, I don't mind the. I thought it worked generally overall okay. With I call it the mismatch of colours. Um, it's something that it's and it doesn't look particularly cohesive. No, but that's what the. A mixed, as long as the base is the same, I don't mind it. Fair enough. Um, I, I consider it one of those armies that is good because it makes you look at it. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think the eye, the eye was definitely drawn to the quadron. Yes, well, he did slap, um, slap bang in the middle as well. I know, and it's because it was quite a marked, different colour to the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. It kind of it becomes the focal point. And he was, I think, I spoke um, to him as well, and he said he's not planning to paint anymore. He's literally just painted those three. Yeah. Years. I know. It's really. Um, it was. I spoke to Sam a bit, and um, he made good use of the transfers from the Dwarf Blood Bowl kit. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was any he's weathered them as well. Yeah, so it looks, yeah, it's really good. Um, I'd like him to do more, mm. personally, because I think it, the scheme would look really good over I agree. Sort I think, of a bigger force. But, but the hell, the hell of an army to paint Caradron, an awful lot of detail, and they're almost some of the least detailed, so fair play to him if he does do more. Yeah, I hope so. And um, mm. next we've got Les. So I covered Les, Les's army a bit uh, for Brothers Sigma. So again, the Les Martin TM list. I mean, it's just brilliant. I mean, the, probably the reason why he's not in contention for, you know, for player votes nowadays is just because the army's been out there for so long. You know, people have got used to looking at it and, you know, it's army fatigue really, which is a shame because it is, again... For, for, for me, it's just my favourite Stormcast army, um, if not one of my favourite yeah. armies overall. By a long yeah. shot. Yeah. <laughs> and not to no disrespect to anyone else that's painted any other. I mean, I'd, well, it's, it's, I'd say the top three 
technically well painted armies in the scene at the moment is as much as it pains me to say it, Ian's Iron Jaws, his Stormcast and uh, Mark's Zinch, I'd say, in you know, not, in no particular order as well, mm. because obviously they're very different um, textures as well. So you've got like rough and tough, uh, kind of like dented armour and weathering, you've got really clean and you've got a lot of organics. So that's you know quite a good spread as well of, of styles, and not styles necessarily, but sort of textures and palettes. Um, although two of them are yellow and black, um, but yeah, I think it, it's up there with the best technically painted armies yeah. probably in the world. I, I'd agree. I, I mean, I probably wouldn't use the word technically painted. I know it's, it's one of those words that's a bit, a bit fluffy, but I think in overall execution of the army from what we would expect, I, I'd completely agree with that. I think they're they are, you know. Doing what they say on the tin, they are three of the best armies. Just overall, they they tick all the right boxes. You know, none of those boxes are missing. So, no, I definitely agree with that. I think Les's army is one that, because as you say, it's been around for a while. Mm. It's almost like the painting meta. <laughs> yes. Where it's, it's, yeah. it's weak. It's currently weak in this meta. Yeah, I agree. So, but if you went if you went to a tournament in a different part of the country, mm-hmm. or if, or if you put it away for a couple of years and brought it back, yeah. It would do well. Then it would it would be strong in the meta again. That Which makes does, sense. Well, we, had, we, had that, we had that conversation with him afterwards, didn't we? And we said exactly that. That it's uh, you know he said himself as well that he uh, needs an army fatigue, I guess. Good. I mean, Good I, I, my my, arm, my army's not painted up to those those kind of levels in regards to the corn, but I I get the same. You know, it's I think really with my corn army, I probably I, even for Les, I had one of the the quickest painted coherent chaos armies on the board um you know to, to a good standard that's why i did so well off the painting trophies kind of earlier in the life cycle of general's handbook but nowadays everyone's seen it no one cares about looking at 30 blood warriors they're just like oh great brilliant 30 blood warriors move on next thing um but yeah but the only thing i think with les's army is i still think the bases let it down the bases are done well i just don't think they're the right color choice I think more of a kind of a neutral kind of color base. Um, well, not neutral, but um, you know, kind of a, a creamy kind of color would work really well for the bases. I think they're good, but I think they're just a bit too dark. They don't make the army pop enough for me. Yeah, um, I can't. I think. Sorry, Cole. I can't. I'm terrible at bases. It's something I'm not very good at, mm. and I can't. I can't imagine Les's be Les's army on other bases with any on another base <laughs> style. Fair enough. So, so yeah, it works for me. Um, so I think it look, I think it look, look quite good on the shattered dominion bases. Nothing looks good on shattered dominion bases. Yeah, like no. I think with the, with the grey and the golds. Yeah, no, I, I think I think the shattered dominion bases take too much work to to look decent. Um, I don't, I'm just not a fan of them. Just not a fan. Oh, controversial. Um. Anyway, controversial. We're going to Mr. Soresco. Uh, so again. Whenever his army brothers Sigma, um, again got a slightly different build. Um, Rich's army is just lovely. He's got so he must. I was speaking to him, and I don't think he realises how much he must have painted to that standard. I think he's easily pushing eight to ten k. He just forgets. Um, but he's yeah, getting old though, isn't he? Yeah, he's getting getting, getting old yeah. and drunk. Um, but he just likes using stuff that seems to be. I reckon. I reckon he leaves. I reckon the reason why you don't see the same army. Like time in time out, is because he just leaves them at tournaments, <laughs> and forgets that they're there. 
He's just drunken, just like, oh, drunkenly shit. left models all over the country. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally would not put that past Rich whatsoever. <laughs> I was just having a quick look at the photo, actually. I was trying to see... Because I've seen his army up for nomination so often nowadays. Um, there's just so much in it. It's, it's, it's mental. So for this one, yeah, yeah, the Skyfire's out. Um, Storm Fiends. Uh, just some generic Chaos Warriors as well. So fair play, couple units of blood, blood letters. All really nicely painted, and it's just a perfect example of just a tournament army of somebody who's managed to keep up with just painting this new stuff as it comes out. Um, yes, it's just generally really nice. Yeah, it, it's just it, all solid to the same standard. Yeah, none of his conversions in this one though, really, which is a bit of, bit of a shame. Um, so this one's conversion conversion free, other than his weird thing he does with his blood letter head, so he doesn't put the back on. That's just him yeah. being weird. Um, next up was one of the Mega Bros, uh, which is Aaron, Aaron Bailey, and his, and his Sylvaneth. It's weird, because I kind of forget about Aaron and his Sylvaneth, really, because he doesn't actually do that many events. Um, yeah. But really nice, really, again, a, a, a kind of a natural, warm colour scheme. Um, I like the, the ethereal look he's done on the blades on some of the units, the... The really reddish pink skin on some of the models. I think it makes them kind of really stand out. There's some conversions in there as well with his spirit of Durthu surrounded by literal spirits. So just really good. Yeah, yeah really, really like nice the pink. Thing. I really it's like it. Very, it's a very nice contrast colour. Yeah. Pink. Yeah. So, yeah, works really well. And I think his, um, his basing works, you know, it is quite generic basing, but it's a good example of just it done well. Anybody want to wank cool. Aaron off anymore? Uh, no, thanks. No. <laughs> it's a shame that I, he, he, um, his only reason why he's binned off his that Hurricane thing he was using from, like, was it like a third party thing? It's so you, from Ports. Yeah. I don't know. All right. You just, like, not using it. Oh, I don't know. I thought it might have been a. I think he said on Twitter that he wasn't really going to use it anymore. Well, it might have been in the Silver Coop trap. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like it's. It, Possibly, and I don't want to speak for him, it's possibly because of the, the cost and the increase of the formations and things. You just don't have the points spare anymore to get in. Oh, gaming, gaming. Get talking about games and army lists now. Fuck yeah, that. yeah. But that's it. I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Um, so next up we had um, Ben Johnson's Flesh Eater Court. Um, I mean, a very striking I really, army. I really like, I really like Pale tones, pale, you know, pale skin, blood, kind of a pink fade. It is good. It is, it is an army that I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think of the word. I look past sometimes because it's, it's a color scheme I, I know very well. Um, so I know how quickly it can be to paint up. Um, but fair place for anybody who wants to go ahead and kind of highlight that amount of ghoul skin. <laughs> it's fucking beyond me. Um, but yeah, just striking with the train and his own little display board. Yeah, it looks, looks phenomenal. Again, it's the whole, it's the whole, that's a really cool army. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That's yeah. again going back to last episode. So yeah, liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just just looks great, and it? it really kind of fits the brief. It, it's almost in a way kind of a um, a hashtag box art wanker kind of army, uh, but the blood kind of pushes it over a bit. Then we had the one and only Robert Ellis. You, uh, I'll go uh, on mute for this one. <laughs> for nomination with your with your army. I mean, what I wanted to say is actually something that Russ has said about my my blood band in the past as well. So it's quite interesting to have a similar conversation with you, which is that there's conversions and kit bashes and changes in there 
you've got the phenomenal ones like the set pieces but you just don't realize how many of the hunters are converted like there's a guy with a you know with the bow in using a kind of a different head from the 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 uh the war shrine kit and it just it all just blends into this rich tapestry of conversions you've got in the army so it's almost unnoticeable um there's only one there's only, out of the 12 colonel hunters there's only one that's not converted there you go so you, you just wouldn't know you wouldn't you wouldn't know that just looking at it really generally speaking just quickly looking at them without without being I should do told what that casted in, in, with his um with his empire he had, he had a little he, he used to have little cue cards didn't he yeah sort of yeah. saying i oh, look at this and look at that yeah but, I think part of that is just kind of hanging around your army and talking to people when they have a look. And there was yeah. a, there was a lot of it, it was great. I think um, now that people see the army as a fully finished army, um, there were a lot of people talking about your army over the weekend, which was which was really great to hear. Well, cool. Is it Ian? Do you want to wank off your fellow podcaster? Obviously, you're up for nomination being a podcaster now as well. Obviously, um, it's just. With hands down the best conversions at the tournament. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it just, um, I think it's, I, the problem with Sylvaneth armies from, from my point of view, uh, that is the fact that Dryads are boring. Yeah. That's the only, that's the only bad thing about the army, which is nothing to do with the actual painting, nothing to do with converting. It's just that Dryads for me are dull. Yeah. They're just boring models. So, yeah, pop. yeah. Conversions. I think that's, I was just say, going with the old. Um, I, I'm more and more tempted now to 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 go with the whole free guild archer thing with using the tree revenant conversions that I had for the way watches. Because I'm just yeah. That's another, that's another spot cut. That's another obviously the lightness of the skin on the tree revenants as well just breaks up the green yeah. across the army a bit more and the sort of the uh, you know the glowing weapons as well. So I think. Um, I just, I, I was, you know, I, I was gutted that I, I, I missed Heat Three. Um, I couldn't get to Heat Three with it because I, I think I could have uh, had. A, it'd just been nice to have been nominated there. Right. You know what I mean, and, and, and actually, seen some, you know, like I said, it's, then they do separate awards for like characters yeah. and monsters yes. and stuff. I, I'd like to yeah. think that one, one of my dudes would have, not to sound big-headed or anything, but I, I've been told a bit of feedback from the first episode is not to be so bloody humble. Yeah. But I, I'd, li- I'd like to Pick think that up. the Prime or the Dragon might have won character or monster up there, and it would have been a nice sort of almost uh, sort of end of a journey with it. Uh, I knew yeah, that Blackout well, was coming along. And... There's a diff- additional strategies to... Uh getting nominations for stuff like that at bloody GW events, which is finish your games really quick so you actually get in the cabinet. Oh, yeah, no problem with me, mate. I get taken off. It's fine. <laughs> right, we've wanked you off yeah. enough, so I think it's time for Ian to get a good gob in. Um, so final, nom- <laughs> the final nomination, Ian, was yourself? It was, yeah. So it was the... Um, I changed the list slightly by adding some Rock Trogoffs and some Moon Clan. So moving with the meta, so it, get, getting a bit of a and, horde in there. Yeah, and dropped the um, blah, 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 what I dropped the hard boys. Yeah. So and and changed Gordrak into a normal mega boss and more crusher. See, interesting so, with your army. I thought I had a feeling that you might shoot yourself in the foot a little bit about this. Is that your older stuff isn't painted to the standard of your? Oh no, it's, it's, but it yeah, kind it's not. of but it kind of is. You prick. It's it doesn't. <laughs> It really doesn't stand out as not being as well painted as the Iron Jaws. 
because they are yeah, it's, it's different materials. It yeah, it works really it, well. It's just you, it's, you're just so fucking annoying. Cheers, mate. <laughs> um, it's it's definitely not as painted as well, but it's the the standard isn't too far beneath no, it. It's really not. It's That's really, so really it's not. so it's so it's okay. So it yeah, I had to do a little bit of work on the Moon Clan just to get the um, do the yellow flames on the hoods just yes. to tie it in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but apart from that, it was pretty much take off one base and put another. So, right. Yeah, no, it's like I say, really, really good. Um, and I was nominated. I was one of the names called out. Um, but with my army, I'm. I knew I wasn't really in much of a contention. Maybe I could have gone for a third place, possibly. That was with my Cthulhu Nurgle army. But um, I brought my mat and my terrain, which my army needs the display mat really to be to be displayed on because I can't cart that board around everywhere. Um, so unfortunately. Um, that was being used on table three and when the army's being set up i asked the guys where they were and i think they were like the start of turn three so it's a bit like yeah i'll just i just won't bother um i would like to but it's it's not a big deal it's a really good field and um i wanted to get around and take photos of the armies and get them up on twitter anyway so it allowed me to do that so um you, you know, should have done like the whole you know the whole trick that people try and do with tablecloths and whip it out from underneath and leaving all the glasses stood up and stuff. You should have done that with your mat. I, I was half tempted just to go over to the table and just grab the mat and just literally just try and do that to see what happens. Yeah. Middle of, the middle of someone's game, no one's going to care, right? No, that's why it's legit. But yeah, I mean, that's just some of the armies that were there. There were there were an awful lot of really, really nice armies. There was a couple of Nurgle armies there, one used by... Um, uh, by Joel Smith, so it was nice to see him back on the scene. Um, there was uh, Nico's um, Zinch was really nice, very striking, like an emerald look on the bases. Um, there was Mike, we've got uh, the resident dog and Mike with his Zinch as well. So there was loads of armies there that all looked fantastic. But when it came down to the votes, we came with in third place was Bottle. So fair play to him. Let's say it, obviously the coherency didn't put people off too much and. I think it kind of works in his favour because it makes people look at the army and you know it's well deserved because anyone that can paint character level detail on that much infantry and different infantry as well well deserved third place there then in second place was our very own Rob Ellis yay which I think both me and Ian were really I think well not just us I think a lot of people were really happy for you too to kind of take away oh, second place in that field. As I said, there were a lot of people who were voting for you. Um, I know Jen voted for you. She really liked your army. She tends to be a good indication of, you know, what, what kind of the general people are thinking because she's not much of a painter herself. Uh, I know Aaron really likes your army. Uh, he, he voted for you as well. And, oh, uh, it... and you got my vote. It was between you and Ian. Um, but I went for you because I felt Ian's army had lost the coherency. Or with the, the change out yes. for the destruction stuff, but didn't really matter though, did it, Ian? So we got a little story <laughs> yeah. from Chris that they they were neck and neck going into uh, the ends of the the painting nominations, and Ian got two yeah. very quickly through at the last minute to win it. So well yeah. done, Ian. Thank you. Big shock once again. It's another painting trophy. Yeah. So, uh, I was hoping now, now that I'm on a podcast, I would lose. <laughs> it'd be quite calm because it'd be quite funny. No, we don't want to. Um, prove, we don't want to but, prove Mike Asquith wrong. We just don't. 
Okay. <laughs> Sorry, not no. Proven <laughs> right is what I meant. Proven right. But yeah, I think all well-deserved winners. I think nobody had any issue there. There was no Facebook warriors <laughs> commenting. Uh, sorry, any Twitter warriors commenting about who should have won. Um, Chris pointed out that most of the people that get nominated for these things are all associated or working on or friends with or on podcasts. And that's just because these people are hobbyists and people want to hear what they've got to say. So they get involved and they do podcasts. So it's not a thing. Um, so well done. I mean, any, anybody out of those... You know, that, that list could have won any of the trophies and nobody would have batted an eyelid. But I think you were both worthy yeah. winners, boys. You definitely uh, were in contention for me, though. Cheers, man. Awesome. Right. I just wanted to say, I mean, yeah. in, in that field, I didn't, that, that's why I said about Heat 3, thinking that I'd, you know, get something there because I knew going into Blackout, I knew who was going. Yeah. And I, I, I just didn't, in my wildest dreams, think I'd, I'd probably get nominated, but. I didn't think I'd get anywhere near the podium with the amount of sort of people that, you know, whose armies I, I've, you know, like, you know, that I, I love and that I sort of look up to and, and have as peers almost. And, yeah, to, to, to come second in that field, it was, was amazing. So, yeah, thank you for everyone that voted. It means, it means a lot more than you probably think. Yeah. yeah it's, it, was a feel, it was a field that you couldn't really predict. No. Because it was, it was player vote and everything was to a good level so and yeah, Chris, Chris does it the right way as well I, I like having one to three um, in regards to player votes and he's got a judges vote as well which I always think yeah. judges vote is a good idea um, which went to Byron um, yeah. we've, we've 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 talked about Byron's army enough but you know we can't wait to see what he's kind of adding to that next and again another fantastic army which I know Chris loves um, but objectively even knowing how passionate I know Chris is about that army. Objectively speaking, it's hard not to, you know, it's hard to kind of argue with his choice there. So, yeah, no, fantastic. And I'm glad those, you know, it's a good field to get some, uh, get some trophies in. It's a shame there's no painting masters anymore, eh? Kind of get your painting rankings. Yeah. Shame that's not a thing. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we had a fantastic event. I would like to thank you everybody who kind of made it my birthday weekend. Um, really, really enjoyable. Thank you for the both of you for coming out for, a, a, a nice intimate curry with me and Jen, yeah. and a couple of quiet drinks with a very drunk Rob, um, who I've never seen anyone drink, eat, eat food that quickly. You're that's just mental. We actually had a curry, and by the time we'd started dipping our naan bread into our curry sauce, your, your food was all gone, and you're just nibbling on a leftover poppadom. I think. Yeah, standard. <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy anyway so there yeah wow uh, 14 painting nominations and talking about each one individual that's a little bit tricky so we'll we'll take a little break there and we're going to j- just jump into see if we can get, fit some listener questions in and um, just talk about army concepts all right back in a minute okay uh welcome back so yeah wow i was just saying didn't realise quite how long that's going to take to kind of go over the armies. It's almost like going over your games. Um, so the last section we wanted, we kind of held up on doing this on the first episode. There were a lot of listener questions in regards to um, kind of talking about army concepts, ideas, where you get your inspiration from. So I thought it's something's worth kind of giving a bit of dedicated time to. Um, so for example, uh, we had. Um, Quite a nice little start is um, Little Chris, which is uh, which is Liam. Um, he asked us as a listener question, which kind of fits into this a bit. He said, what's the best model you've ever painted? Why it was so good? 
and what meant you enjoyed it. Uh, I don't know, Ian, I don't know if you can... Any ideas um, what your favourite model is? My, my favourite model I've ever painted, I think, is the Inquisitor Eisenhorn. Oh, really? The, the okay. old, yeah, the old 54mm scale one from yeah. the game that was released oh, 15 years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, I painted it, I think, about two years ago. Um, with the intention of copying the GW box art, mm-hmm. and it turned Standard. out really nicely. Standard yeah. So, but yeah, just literally to reproduce it, um, and it turned out really nicely. And it's a scale that suits my style. Um, the bigger surfaces, yeah, um, just need the. It's less of a. It's less. It's more subtlety required. Mm-hmm. So you don't. You don't want the contrast as much because no. the natural light does it. So yeah, that was my favourite Inquisitor Eisenhorn. Nice, Rob. I, well, it's, I guess probably my favourite model that I've ever painted, and it's not an AOS one, um, Ooh, because it was, yeah. one, it was it was one of the first um, sort of uh, figures that I'd converted and finished painting when I first got back into it. So it's a, a Space Wolf a Wolf Priest um, that I did, but it was actually converted out of a the body of um, a chaos warrior, oh, right. um, with the lower legs of a space weed and stuff. Obviously, with the uh, the sort of furry pelt type mm. thing matches the uh, space wolf theme quite well. Um, yeah, and it, it's paid up to a decent standard. It's it's uh, you know sort of standard fare for for, for space wolves, I guess. Um, I think that was that, or potentially the. Um, Actually, no. I'm going to change my mind now. Looking at my cabinet, <laughs> it, it was it was the Frostheart Phoenix that I did for the very first uh, yes. blackout. Yeah. Um, it got nominated because it, cause it was a uh, the um, although my high elf army wouldn't finish, that was pretty much the only model that was finished for the army. But because of the way that the tournament pack was done, it was two thousand points plus a a scroll of binding, and the Frostheart was my scroll of binding, and then Chris did a best monster sort of thing where yes, everyone's yes, squ- you know people could uh squad bindings were nominated and um yeah i got nominated uh for that and it was uh it was i guess my, my first warhammer fantasy figure that i'd finished painting and the first one that i got a painting nomination for so yeah and it's quite a decent conversion i like to think as well quite a good repositioning of the model I put it. It's, people go back on my Twitter timeline about two or two and a half years ago. It's there. Um, for people to have a look. Maybe chuck it on the blog, maybe. But um, yeah, that's that's my favourite. I'd say it's not my best, but my favourite. Maybe we should. Um, we'll, we'll, when I put the armies up, if you guys want to send me photos, your two, or whack it up in answer to the questions, put it on the blog post at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, mine again isn't actually a, um, an AOS model. Um, and it's actually from the Infinity range. So Infinity is a heroic scaled kind of skirmish sci-fi game, um, which I love. And there's in it a faction called Aleph, where they're basically um, synthetic humans. Um, and you get what's called a, a kind of, they're called Deva functionaries. And they're like a little ta- a tactical team of um, a human looking robot. And they've got like a little escort with a heavy flamer that runs around protecting them. So it's called a Deva bot. And... Infinity was the only time I have painted models to a display standard. Whereas I said to myself, because they're single models, and you paint that one model and you can use it straight away on the board. Do you not have to paint many? Not that I've got many painted, of course. Um, so it was nice just to sit down with one model, kind of washing and glazing and highlighting and 
everything every corner I, I don't do very often for my models so it was really enjoyable to do that and kind of highlighting black properly um kind of doing some glow effects and just kind of when you i think when you, you spend more time doing a display piece you spend more time kind of just tidying up the areas you're not happy with i don't know if you guys would would agree with that if you kind of had the same experience you try to get things looking perfect yeah that's definitely yeah. the case where you just tweak it exactly and, i think yeah tweak yeah. tweaking is yeah definitely the right word where you kind of you know if you're, you're painting more, thing yeah. you can wash and glaze one yeah one more one more glaze one more highlight yeah so tidy up the the where two different colors meet that kind of thing yeah so that, that was mine so i'll put a photo up of that i've got a nice photo of that um and just kind of quickly again we've got loads of listener questions still to go through there's a couple i wanted to hit on uh matt clark's asked what lighting do you recommend ian we're not fucking talking to you um yeah. i've got a light that i recommend so i put that on uh, on the the show notes for this as well um which is really good it's a daylight it's a daylight and normal light as well and you can actually have it showing both at the same time which is phenomenal because it means that your models should, should never look weird it should always look good no matter what light they're in um and about you rob what do you have um i've got a obviously the normal lights in the room um which are quite um quite high wattage yeah even though they're so small spotlights but i've got one light um on a lamp to the side which is a, a daylight lamp and i've got an overhead one then like mm-hmm. on an arm yeah um that's a daylight one as well so it's sort of a couple of you get you get hit it gets hit from a couple of different angles which sort of gives it a bit more mm. you know you're not like you said it's not it's not too weird you're getting quite a good you know you're not sort of see it just from one angle so that when you take it under a different light although it is quite they're quite powerful so stuff that pops like my silverless stuff yeah when i was taking photos and when i was looking at under the lights i was like well this is, that's highlighted enough and then when you go and yeah into see, a hall or something it's like oh that's not highlighted enough i was gonna say that i was gonna say you're you're actually funny enough your army does seem to me like it's painted under a daylight lamp but that's probably a bit weird but mm. I think that that'll be true. Yeah, I, I, I need to invest in a couple of lights to take me when I'm displaying it from now on. Clip onto the side <laughs> that way, a little display board. Fair, fair enough. No, I'll, I'll link the light I've got because I'm really happy with it. I had it for a little while. I know another couple of people have picked it up, so it's kind of worth covering. Um, so I think we'll leave it there for the, the listener questions. We've still got some more. We'll keep cracking into as time goes on. Uh, some more covering blog posts because I know that um, one of the guys, Matt Darkins, again, one of the one of the, one of the guys who frequents the doggers club um he's asked about weathering armor so ian's going to be the perfect person to be doing a blog post on that which i think you're working on at the moment yeah i'm going to um go over the way of do the um the weathering on the iron jaws right which is um straightforward but it's just very subtle mm-hmm. uh, but also done weathering with loads of different techniques so i'll probably cover a few of them oh that'd be good so okay, yeah, so it'd be a mixture of very very simple to more complex. Fantastic, excellent. Well, look, I'll, I will also look forward to that. I'm quite happy to uh, try out a few different, a few different ones like that, a few different weathering techniques because there's a few I use. So I'll be interested to see what, what what you do as well. Excellent, sounds good. Right, so what I wanted to quickly discuss is the the idea of kind of army concepts. It's something we've been asked a lot. Um, and it is something people are really interested in. So army concepts, where you get inspiration, uh, you know, where you get these ideas from, 
Um, I mean, obviously, we can particularly talk about General's Handbook as well, if that's kind of helped. So I don't know if you guys want to chime in. Where, where, Where's your font? Where do you get all these ideas from? It varies. The most recent um, inspiration I've had is from based on the General's Handbook, the new release. Okay. Because um, I've been um and R in about the Klanskaya army for a while. Yeah. Uh, based on uh, the Skaven bits with some Admech bits chipped in. So it's combined the two to make it look a bit steampunky. Yes. Um, and the General's Handbook pushed me over the edge into deciding to do this. Is that um, because Sky is a, like a thing? They're a faction of their own now? Yeah. Yeah. So they got the allegiance abilities and the kind of a bit more um, background and the individuality yeah. rather than just mixed chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite nice at Blackout to see um, Benjamin. Um, I think he's at the Earth word on Twitter. Yeah. Because he's doing a very similar army concept mm-hmm. um, with... Admech again with Skaven bits but it's something that's yeah I'm going to use well use some similar ideas to him and um, so so expand into an army yeah. I'm going to think I'm going to do a lot of warp lightning stuff cool so the the Gisales will be mini versions of the warp lightning cannon that sounds very um, cool and um, some of the the acolytes are going to be the Electro priests from 40k, right? Using their electric hands. Yeah. So instead of the um, throwing the orbs, so yes, that's going to be my new army. I think currently. I think um, it's yeah. I think that's good. I think it's a fantastic idea. I think it's a uh, it's an obvious one now that you hear about it. If that makes sense, you know, it's um, a great great choice there. And yeah, I think it is something we're going to see a bit. Um, but I'd love to see it in the hands of someone like you because you fuck me, you'll do a great job of it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, so the other thing I'm at the very beginning of planning is the allies' abilities in yes. the general's handbook. Now, do a um, a vermin lord, but basically be like a dread knight, but piloted by a gracier. <laughs> okay. Wow, that sounds awesome. So um, I think that's going to be scratch built. This think. is like this is like Rob levels. I know. Yeah, he's he's. He's pushed me into this. So you could even use an, good. you could even use an Imperial Knight as the frame for that because the knight without the armor on, there's a lot of structural bits in there. Yeah, that's very um, interesting because Rob and I were discussing that, mm. um, but we think that would probably be a screaming bell. Okay. Um, so it'd be like the um, Jesus. Yeah. So it'd be that with possibly doom wheels running it. Yeah and cranked so it works the legs and rings the bell at the same time <laughs> awesome but yeah but with um the idea is with that with a platform at the top with a conversion of this belisarius call yeah. into a skaven just keeping tabs of it all sounds awesome but yeah that's that's probably going to be worked on in approximately nine months time <laughs> very so. very specific so yeah. is, is that the case with you then you kind of get is it the background or something new or something that you see is that what gives you the inspiration it's the generally you say it normally stems from a quite a small idea um i think this one was looking at just i think it was guitar legs 
And it's like, oh, that'd be... Were you just online, quite... did you just Google Skittori legs? No, I was, just look, I was just looking at, you know, just... I can't remember why. Just saw these things. I thought, oh, that'd be quite nice. Yeah. But then it... Um, then I did a conversion quite a while ago about... Um, did it for the Invitationals, didn't you? I did, yeah. It was the Skaven um, Arch... What's it called? The... Arch Warlock? Yeah. Dickick's Skaven Arch Warlock, but it was done from the um, Admec character. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, of course, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the tech priest, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Brilliant. so, so yeah, that's, so that's the, it's kind of, it's, it all sort of stems and um, goes from one idea and it kind of just progresses and if it works, then it can be expanded. If it don't, if the idea comes, it can't be expanded, then it's normally discarded. Yeah. Okay. So. Would well, you do you have any tips if somebody is looking? You know, if they're sat there going, "Look, I want to do something unique. I want to do kind of a bit of a different army." If if you're in that boat and you wanted to get inspiration, is there any particular resource you use? Any kind of tip you would give somebody? Um, it's it's quite good. Just generally, Twitter. It's okay. quite good just to see what other people are doing. Yeah. Um, because you, you might not necessarily want to copy other people but it's quite good to get inspiration about people using bits in unusual ways I agree with and that. using mod and, and using models in unusual ways so it's um that's good white dwarf you know standard um see what just generally see what other people are doing um a lot of the background books from gw either from the black black library or the army books themselves generally have got little bits of concept art and background art which are um which can be expanded quite nicely into yeah. like full armies as well. Yeah, I agree. I know that back in the day when, you know, kind of they were talking about ad mech and their robots and stuff before all the new things were out, people were using art to convert those kind of things. So that, that's that's very cool. Um, obviously, this is Rob's strong point, but I'll, I'll quickly kind of mention how I approach these things. Um, generally speaking, I tend to be a bit of an th- army idea thief. Um I take a lot of inspiration from other people's armies, um, whether they are particularly in, in the vein that I'm doing or not. For example, um, my old Dark Elf Dune-themed army, both the colour scheme, sorry, the colour scheme and um, the idea was taken from a Dark Eldar army I saw. Um, we've got my my Destruction, which are on hold at the moment. My Destruction Warcraft army is based off a guy on, on Twitter. I think he's fuzzy phzzzy um he did exactly the same thing and i said look it's too good i'm gonna to have to steal it um my cthulhu army is actually all based around my love of the cthulhu law that's not not a stolen concept at all um just through playing the fantasy flight games um it's really something i love yeah so the cthulhu army is something that i've i kind of quite proudly kind of come, come up with myself which is a rarity for me um <clears throat> Then my projects I'm working on at the moment has actually just come from a conversation. Just one little comment from from Chris has led me to come up with a whole concept for a new army. So for me, I mean, I, I, I've I genuinely had times where I've been at events, um, but even back in 8th edition where I've come back seeing all these amazing armies and these amazing ideas and concepts. And I've sat there and gone, I really want to do something. And I've sat and racked my brains and really, really struggled. But I've, that's that's what I found is my thing. Just going online, just looking at the other things other people other people are doing, and 
even if it's not necessarily linked, it can really, really help. Um, you know, sometimes simple things. Take something that doesn't fit. Like even my color scheme for my Stormcast is this. Um, uh, the it's a 40k Space Marine color scheme, size um, size of the Emperor, just put on Stormcast, just because I think it'll look cool, yellow and black. Um, so that's my thoughts on it. That's where I tend to get my concepts and ideas. Just have a look what other people are doing. And I think it's very similar to Ian. Rob, though, being the crazy converter creator of just mental stuff that I can never consider in a million years, where do you get all your ideas from? What's your what's your process? Um, a lot of it is, uh, I mean, when you say, you, you know, you're an ideas thief or whatever, um, everything is inspiration for everything else. Like, it doesn't matter what sort of, whatever creative uh, job or domain you're working in, there's inspiration, you know, people take inspiration for things, you know, and, and cite those things as inspiration. So whether it's something in the same field or whether it's something completely different, unassociated there's always that you know uh, you're always going to get ideas for anything and just sitting there and just trying to come up with things that just off on the spot it is uh, is something that very very rarely ever happens with anyone so i don't think you should ever sort of you know downplay the fact that you come up with these ideas or you know and, and sort of say oh i'm an idea suit because that's what everyone else does um i mean a lot of my stuff as i said in the last episode with um, the what if stuff is um, obviously taken from comic books and and the whole sort of you know the whole concept of um, like multi like the multiverse concept. So you know what you know sort of different takes on existing things. Yeah, and and that, and, and that's really you know you sort of you have that inspiration. Oh, okay, what if the storyline went that way, or what if that happened with that or, or you know like um i've got i've got an idea really cool idea for a well i think it's quite cool but for a a vampire army sort of blood knights and that uh, you know a vampire lord on zombie dragon um there was a bit in the end times book where um the there's a certain faction of uh blood knights and a and a lord on a dragon that actually rebelled in this big battle and started fighting um, the Carl Franz because the vampire lord had turned to corn. Yes, yeah. Can you imagine that army? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like how, with all the bits that are out there at the moment, people said, oh, you know, the blood knight figures are, are old, need a little bit of revamping. Can you imagine an art, like a corn-themed vampire counts almost army? That would be like so cool with all, all the different sort of bits and bobs that they have out there you know, for the range and stuff like um, if you if you've got uh, you know looking at films or, or reading books that are in that genre um, I've got an idea for a conversion for a, for the zombie dragon lord um, have you seen the I quite like the movie but it's a bit it's a bit rubbish but that new track is it well, relatively new Dracula um, yes. Yeah. Um, I can't remember the the full name. Dracula Untold or something like yes. that. And there's um, the special effect that they use for him, where he's almost apparating out of a flock of bats, mm-hmm. um, but have like have the have the zombie dragon 
operating out of a massive flock of bats like so like coming off the membranes and parts of the body just have all these flocks of bats so it looks like it's sort of coming out doing a sort of similar thing to the army so you know just seeing a certain image or watching a movie or or seeing you know a special effect maybe and taking that and thinking well actually that would look quite cool for you know for 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 this army or for that model i mean there's there's uh, there's a couple of things that um i've got a i say i've got i've got it's all on sprue still most of it but um uh, an eldar corsair army like the forge world one yeah um and they have like they're really cool they have like their barons and their pirate lords and all the rest of it and i've got an idea for a a guy on a jet bike but being able to use him as on foot and on a jet bike so having the, the character bases the way they do the four draw character bases where the bases slot into other bases and stuff and it's oh, yeah, yeah. quite That's a funny cool. that you meant that you mentioned it with the um the the festus conversion doing that and having <laughs> play bearers and stuff and being able to slot them in and so it's just looking at different just sort of like taking something and going like what you know what a, what a different take on that would look like um you know i, I shared in the group yesterday i think about the ideas I've got for my Stormcast army, which will actually tie it into my Chaos army. Yeah. Um, which again is it's it's literally just taking existing characters and getting an existing character, another existing model, and going right. Okay, well, what would that look like if you merged that character? It's taking the character and the background of a character, if that makes sense, and adding it and like using you know something else as the template. To add that character in, does that make sense? Like with the yeah, no, no, Sylvanus Prime, it's like taking the the character of Orion, yeah, and going, okay, well, how can I make Orion, you know, more sort of AOS in Sylvanesy? Okay, well, there's that whole thing about, you know, uh, Alariel's got these Soul Amphorae that she can raise warriors out of. If you notice on the Sylvanus Prime's base, there's a, an open Soul Amphorae on the base that these men have come out of. Oh right, um, I didn't realise that. A lot of people, and I actually got a solo for you the spare one online and drilled it out so it's actually hollow. So you actually can look and it's actually a hollow solo for you. It's in his base. But that, that's sort of meant to represent the fact that, you know, Larry was just chuck one of these on the ground and he's cut out of it. And it's like, okay, well, what would he actually look like? He'd, he'd actually look like a big tree revenant because they're supposed to be the spirits of the older, like the, el- the elves from the old world and all the rest of it. And, you know, it looks like a big tree revenant, but base it on the Orion kit for the body. And then, okay, well, what can I need? What do I need for a big tree revenant or a cannot hunter? So, okay, well, I'll repose a cannot hunter and make it a bit bigger and stretch the arms out and the body out so that the torso, so he's actually bigger than a cannot hunter. But you, know, you go down a bit of a rabbit hole with it, yep. and, and and you just kind of come out the other end, thinking, well, okay, well, I've got this cool idea. And then, then again, it's all about. The execution. I love, you know, I love looking at different bits and different models and thinking, oh, could I use that or can I not use that? And you know, you might order a bit off a bit seller site and the bit comes and the bit's a little bit too small and you know it doesn't quite work or whatever. And it's it's that that in itself is a challenge. You know what I mean? And then when you come out with the other end of it with a with a hopefully a cool model that everyone looks at and thinks oh, that's that's cool. Um, you know, it's job done at that point, then isn't it? Well, cool. Yeah, and no, I'm definitely glad you've got a lot to say on that because it is definitely your 
your your forte really um and i think there is a similar vein and it is very much you know there there aren't really any original ideas per se so sometimes just sat there going right here's a pad and paper let me write some ideas down um you you kind of you're kind of working without resources so even same with what Rob's saying, you know, just bear in mind if you're watching something, you think it's quite cool, just try and see, go, well, can I modify this to AOS? Could I could I move this over? Would this work quite well? Um, can, I, can I say something about the character thing that is, is a little bit off tangent, but it's something mm-hmm. for people to take away to, to get inspiration? Of course you can. It's, it's all about character, right? Every film, you could you could say every new film that comes out, whether, you know, if it's not a sequel, if it's a brand new, con, you know, brand new sort of IP, you can trace that back to anything that's been made before. And the only thing that makes any kind of difference is the characters, is whether you're invested in the character. Yeah. So if you're going to come up with an idea, think about what you want that character to be. And then the idea will kind of flourish from there. Like, you know, it's like with your World of Warcraft orc dude, do you know what I mean? You've got, to, you know, you know what the character's like, and then yeah. you can base other models based on that. You know, well, what kind of dudes do you have with him? Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's that's all all of this. You, you base it on base it on a character. It's, it's always a narrative way of fleshing out. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, kind of the, the hobby side, brilliant. Well, I hope that's. Um... I really hope that's useful to people. Um, if anyone wants us to... Uh, it's got a bit of a ramble <laughs> there. Sorry, I, no, guys. No, no. I, I think we've all, although we've got slightly different takes on it, it's all very much a similar theme. Um, I think if anyone has any kind of further questions they might have on that, you know, just, just ask, just hit us up on Twitter. So the Twitter handle is at ProPaintedPodcast. Um, please do feel free to get in touch. What I would ask if people are enjoying this, if you want to leave us iTunes reviews, um, please feel free to be honest. All that does, and the only reason that I ask is it allows us to be found easier on um, on iTunes. But to be fair, we come up pretty <laughs> pretty quick if you put in ProPainted. I think we're third in the list anyway. So it would kind of just help us get to the top of that list. So please do do that if you get the chance. Um, feedback is greatly appreciated. Um, again, we're working on the sound and kind of recording and doing what we can. It's all a learning process. But if there's anything in particular you want us to hit, do just let us know. Um, and if you want to get in contact with you, Rob, what's your Twitter handle? It's Rob Ellis 21. Brilliant. And Ian, I know you don't tweet much. After back and half. Brilliant. So we'll get some more blog posts up. And when this episode goes out, we'll um, I'll do a blog post on the armies, and um, I'll also make sure we've got things like the lighting in the um, in the show notes for you. So thanks for, uh, for coming on again, guys, and chatting some hobby shit. Awesome. I just wanted to say thank you for all the really nice feedback that we've had for the first episode and it was great to speak to people at blackout about it and obviously all the nice words that are said on twitter and it, uh yeah it's really cool thank thanks a lot because it is a uh, it's a bit daunting to sort of do these sort of things and uh, all the kind words uh, uh don't go amiss no the reception has been really positive so it's it, it is genuinely really really good to hear that um our next episode um we're looking to record um after face hammer um hopefully you guys are okay with that <laughs> and uh, yeah, kind of that's gives right. us time to do some hobby stuff and maybe at some point rob will do that chat the two of us talking about airbrushing but uh, we'll, we'll do that as and when and uh, yeah and there'll be a few blog posts from us between then and now excellent all right boys yeah. right well, thanks for listening and uh, get in touch if you've got anything you want to add. See you next time. See ya. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Hey, got a permit for those guns? I've got your permit right here.
Rob, are you like rummaging through drawers? No, it's not me. I've been on mute. <laughs> okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Do you know what? And also, also, I've been forgetting that I'm on mute. I've been saying loads of stuff. Um, <laughs> You're I've, but, I've been on, but I've been on mute. Oh, so, like, yeah. If people are like, oh yeah, he was really good on the last podcast. He's saying loads of stuff. And now he's gone really quiet. Like, I have been saying loads of stuff, but I've been on mute. So um, I'm going to try and sort that out so you're struggling now we might have to call this episode sorry I was on mute (laughs) 